Are you ready? I'm ready. He's ready. John Packman Podcast, Connecticut Valley School of Music and Dance, beautiful downtown Portland. Come over the bridge, go through one set of lights, start looking left. Pull a U, park in front of the store. Red neon light, can't miss us. Uh, like and subscribe. Tell your friends, come on the show with me. Have your own podcast. Do something with your life, you know? Um, do something with your life. Have your own podcast. Dave will tell you how at the very end of this. You listen, and then you can come here and do exactly what I'm doing now. Um, but you will do it your way because it's your podcast. Why am I getting lost on this? I'm going in circles about this part. Where I didn't even introduce my guest, A.J. Gundell. Is that it? That's that's good. Is that's, it? That's a good start. Is that the way you say it? Gundell. It's, Gundell. it's pretty close. It's Gundell. been a lot okay. worse has been done, let okay. me tell you that. Okay. A.J. Gundell. <laughs> yeah, that kind yeah, of exactly. stuff. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, Thanks, Mr. Pockman. Of course. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no problem. My pleasure. My pleasure. Um, so I, I don't know you terribly well, which is always the best for me because I don't have to pretend to be interested because I actually don't know the answers. Or sometimes I have to act like, oh, really? I didn't realize that. So this would be a voyage of discovery, which is good. It is. And, mm-hmm. I, you know, I'm honestly really glad to be here. And thank you for having me. Um, you know, and great that we met for the first time just a couple months ago because yeah. I've been hearing your name for years. Really? Yeah, seriously, because I have a bunch of friends in the area hey. who've been hanging with you, playing with you. I mean, right, John Pegman, I, I started to think, you know, like, he doesn't you, really exist. Where you get, maybe, yeah, where you he, get a load of this clown. Yeah. But uh, no, so I'm, I'm glad we met. I'm, I'm glad we're here. And, hey, uh, we and thanks for having me. No problem. Yeah, yeah, no sweat. Yeah. Um, so tell us about yourself. Uh, you play guitar at least, at least. What are you primarily known uh, as around here? Well, I would, I don't know. I've had Music. a 45-year career around right. here, so it's right. gone through a few different uh, incarnations. Sure. But it started as a singer, songwriter, guitar player Okay. in a band called the Helium Brothers, which okay. might have been a little before your time, maybe back in New Haven, mid-'70s. Okay, yeah. Um, and... Uh, I've I've never left Connecticut since. I've been here in various places since, That's making fine. a living, making music in Connecticut, and I owe a great debt to, to the state and various towns. New Haven was a, a great place to start my career. That's what they say, and yeah. uh, and it still is a great town. It's gone through some changes, but it's and <laughs> you live there? I lived there. I lived wow. outside of there for yep. a while. That's cool. Now I live down in Fairfield County in Wilton, mm. and have for twenty five years. Wow. Close, close enough to New York to be able to right. partly make a living down there. Too. Hey, that's cool. It's yeah. been super cool. I mean, it's yeah. it's it as we'll probably discuss. I mean, yeah, yeah. The, you know, the career tracked through sure. New York and in a lot of ways. Yeah, I mean, I think I've said this before, even as a player. But you're going to talk about it in a different context as far as um, what you do. But we're Connecticut. I guess everybody likes to badmouth where they're from just because it's what we do. But we're pretty lucky because you could make a living playing because there's markets available in Connecticut. You, like you say, you could work New York, you could work Boston, you could work Providence, you could work all of New England, even doing one-nighters and develop as players. That's what I found. Whereas if you lived in you know, Wyoming, what, you know what I mean? Like I know I'm from Pittsburgh and people, they play Pittsburgh or... Cleveland, and that's it. There's really not, there's nothing else to do. Yeah, I mean, not for nothing, but Connecticut itself has always been a great place to make music. And, and, then, still, and then that, too. You know, yeah, I mean, yeah, 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 but you're right. And it's surrounded by, you know, hubs. Yeah. Uh, musically. Yeah. 
But, uh, you know, no, as I say, Connecticut has been very good to me, uh, New Haven, where I started. Um, and, um, you know, uh, that start was uh, in mid-'70s, uh, basically the, the height of the baby boomers entering the workplace you know, in college sure. and such. Sure, um, The drinking age was 18 <clears throat> years old. Right, yeah. It I was just a an amazing time for going out and, and um, going to clubs and drinking. Yep. And yep. and so, therefore, it was an amazing time for bands. That's what they said. And uh, so I was really fortunate to have met with the Helium Brothers. Yeah. We met at, I went to Yale okay. and, uh, and um, met the guys there. Uh, we started it, started on campus doing some gigs, and we got some gigs off campus. And I, when I graduated, I had, I had a full calendar of freaking gigs. And, um, you know, so I never looked back. And the, the night of my graduation... I played at the Arcadia Ballroom oh on, Will, on Whaley Avenue. If did you put your education to use in any way? Well, I mean, I, I think I did. I mean, for one thing, my education enabled me to meet those musicians. And, yeah, right. You right. know, and I did I did some, take some music there, mm -hmm. um, although I, in truth I was a philosophy major. Oh, wow. So, I mean, you could ask if that's been <laughs> any any use at all. Probably. <clears throat> well, you know, if it, if it helped me... Uh, Solve solve problems, yeah, if right, you will. right, sure. Okay. sure you know, sure. Uh, maybe maybe that's come in handy in, in the music <laughs> business. <laughs> I would think so. Forty five years. You never know. You might have used more of it than than you think. I'd, I'd like to think that it uh -huh. did. Um, the fact that I actually went not only to Yale, but I went back to Yale. I took I took a year off. Oh wow! And um, and I traveled through Europe. Okay. And. Um, this is a, this is the story that uh, you know in the heading of how did you get your start? Yeah, 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 sure. I f I I found myself traveled through Europe. Found myself in Greece and on Crete. Yeah, know? right. And on the southern side of Crete, which is overlooking the Mediterranean and across to Africa. Okay. And and I had no particular reason why I I was I just you know itinerant moving around following sure. following my. My gut and my heart, where I, was, where I want. There I was, and uh, this little little town called Matala. Okay. And um, playing, playing, hanging out, playing music all the time. With, you know, and there's a little taverna there. Uh, taverna was called the Mermaid Cafe. Okay. So on one night I'm at the Mermaid Cafe playing music. Somebody yells, hey, can you do jo Joni Mitchell's song? Uh, how about Carrie, right? So sure. I'm playing the song Carrie, isn't that? You and so let's go down to the Mermaid Cafe. Oh, whoa! Right, you, you, you with yeah. me so far? And I'm like, WTF? They're like, wait, what's happening here? And they're playing that scratchy rock and roll beneath the mantle moon. And you're like, oh damn! I'm like, yeah, wow. Like swear words I can't say That's on the podcast. Heavy. Wow. That's why they requested it. They probably every person they like everybody. Everybody there but me knew that the song was about there. And you and you found out in real time that that's heavy. It was extremely heavy because that was the moment that I really found my calling as a musician. I realized, you know, I traveled halfway around the world to land in this place magically. Right. And where she was on the trail, that was her trail. And her, yeah, her whole thing. She had traveled too and found herself there with with a guy named Carrie, who was a redheaded. Then imagine somebody comes up and introduces himself as Carrie, and he and he has a cane. I think he had, <laughs> he was long gone. But you know, but you know the song. Yeah. You know, another little interesting tidbit was during my stay in Matala, this big tour bus, flower power decorated tour bus drives up, and this guy, gets, this driver of the bus, with a bunch of kids on the bus, gets off. His name is Patch. Okay. 
So Patch and the kids are all hanging out while we're there. We're there. I'm there for almost a month. Wow. I found out a few years later, I got back to the States, that that Patch, which passed, was Patch Adams. Oh, wow. Okay. And he had started his commune yeah, right, <laughs> wheels. Right. So it was it huh. was an incredibly magical time that really got me started. I, you know, I, as I say. Was it that time? Now, now you got me wondering. So... It can't be a coincidence. It's got to be that town, that tavern was music friendly. Or was it all just a coincidence that she ended up there, you ended up there? Like, or was this just the time? Like it was on the hippie trail or whatever, and it was just a place. It was that, and it was coincidence. I mean, it yes. wasn't like it was a special. It wasn't a special cafe. It was the only cafe in Matala, and Matala is the only town on the southern end of Crete for the. So for anybody that. that ended up there would play a gig. <laughs> yeah, and it wasn't even a gig. It was just hanging out, drink, shooting wow. with Uzos and and whatever. That's you wild. Know, and That's pretty wild. It was extremely wild, huh. and, you know. It was wow, got me started realizing huh. that this music stuff is. Is magical and it's in me, and 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 it was telling me that that's what I needed to do. Sure. And you know, fifty years later, you through are. the grace of God, here I am, and I'm wow. I wonder grateful if, for it. What if they yelled out "Freebird" and uh, you never I made the connection? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it, nothing, right. none of this would have happened. You would have played "Freebird," and that would have been it. I might have played "Freebird" anyway. It just didn't have the. <laughs> Can you I imagine playing a whole bunch of stuff? You know, I mean, the all you know. Yeah. That's wild. That's a wild. That's pretty wild. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, yeah. Imagine that. So you're like, this is it. This is how it begins. So I come back and close the loop. I come back to Yale and I'm like, so not. Yeah, you just want to get back. Well, I don't, I don't want, I don't want to finish. I don't want to go to school. I want to get out and play music. Yeah, yeah. But some better part of whatever brain I have. And your parents are like, you're, and you're going to throw your. philosophy career away what are you crazy yeah that was an that was an influential part of the <laughs> thought process you imagine you're gonna make a better living being a bum like us than being a philosophy major at yale <laughs> well they, they weren't convinced at the time and maybe i wasn't either but the point i'm about to make is the fact that i went back and i decided to stay enabled me to meet the helium brothers at school so it which all. if i had if I dropped gotcha. out and left New Haven unless I'd gone to Boston Crazy. or New York. Yeah, so, yeah. you know, I mean, that's life you is never like know. that. Man. Yeah, you know, yeah, stuff yeah. happens. Yeah. You, you think you're controlling, but it's just right. kind of sending you down some yeah. magical spiritual road you don't always yeah. control. Wow, that's interesting. So, well, yeah, I met the guys, and we just, we were literally working five, six, seven nights a week, out of, wow. a year or two out of school. So you're like, this is, the, this is what I pictured doing. Yeah. So before that, you weren't really playing a whole lot in New Haven. Like you didn't crack that yet, quite yet. That's right. In no, that way, not at all. <clears throat> I mean, I'd done a couple little. I I did then and still do play some solo acoustic, and sure. I played a couple of small gigs around New Haven and around campus. But no, it wasn't until the band wow. kicked in, and we started That's to get so some crazy. really serious gigs. Not only at Arcadia Ballroom, if you if you remember that room, but there was another room that had just opened down the street, called Toad's Place. Yeah, sure. and. And we were one of the first bands to play at Toad's Place, oh, okay. al- along with, you know, okay. 50 others. Who yeah, right, <laughs> sure. But yeah, but the first crew. We were in the first yeah. round of, of bands. And um, such a crazy time, John. I mean, at the point, yeah. we'd play Sunday. We had a steady Sunday night gig at sure. the Arcadia Ballroom. And no exaggeration, put three or 400 people in on a Sunday night at yeah, the right. Arcadia Ballroom. Sure, sure. And then Monday, a mile away at Toad's Place, 
we appear. We had a Monday night gig at yep. Toad's. Yep. Play a jingle. Um, and you get another three or 400 people yeah. in Toad's on a Monday night the night after. Yeah, you know, yeah. That's how insane. And that's not even the weekend yet. It's, not, it's yeah, the yeah, after the yeah, weekend, yeah, sure. you know. Huh. So. Yeah, it must have been quite a time. Yeah, we had a, we wrote a jingle for Toad's. Head on down the road to a Monday night at the Toad. <laughs> Head on down the road to a Monday night at the Toad. So yeah, yeah we had that. Was you? <laughs> it, wow. it was. Yeah, that's cool. So there you are tearing it up. So oh, before I forget, like yeah, you say that's wild that the path, this what we're doing here, just so you know, is meaningless. It means nothing. There's no connection. I'm being funny. No, you're just saying. Uh, like, uh, I, I went, but I was, was going to seriously disagree. I mean, you <laughs> say <laughs> <laughs> just so you know, this that doesn't mean anything. We're not on any path. There's no path. This is just whatever. No, it's part of the path. Hey, you never know. You know, you never know. I'm, I'm telling you, wow. if we hadn't met and running empty, I wouldn't be here doing your podcast. Sure. Maybe so. Yeah. That's hey, man. That's the magic of the connections of the sure. the muse that works on us. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty wild. So. You're, so you're tearing it up with them, and then you just then what? Yeah, that's that's a, a fair question because um, we're tearing it up, and then we're sort of not not oh. tearing it up, and well, that's and that's the Why, life is it, cycle. Is it drinking age? Is that the thing? Is that when the big shake? Because I arrived, it was when I arrived. It was like, oh man, you should have been here. Like I just missed it. <laughs> it was like, oh man, just well, what you're saying. And when is the minute that I entered the scene? In like 83, 84, everything was over. Yes, it, yeah. yes. And, and it's just been ever since. It wasn't so much the scene was starting to, <clears throat> to fizzle out, but the band was. You know, oh, band okay. has a life of its own. We went sure. through some changes, and sure. the changes, we were, we were an acoustic quartet, a, a bluegrass rock band to start. Oh, that's we cool. had a drummer with five pieces, but we were always, sure. you know, acoustic. And then we, tr we became more electric, and we lost some of that magic. And in the process, the band sort of, fizzled and ultimately the okay. did break up. I started to do more solo acoustic stuff. You know, we're talking five or six years in now into the early 80s. Yeah. Maybe stuff is starting to not fizzle, but slow down. And anyway, I'm also starting to feel a little bit like, uh, you know, I spent the first five years uh, and playing and, and and making a great living playing sure. and really grateful for that, but also starting to wonder if doing a lot of covers and bars is really my thing and what I want to yeah. be doing yeah. 50 years from now. Right. Like sure. Hitting, sitting with John, with John at this podcast, you know? Um, I hope this isn't what you wanted to do. Well, I might've been saying, <laughs> I might've been saying that, you know, that I'd like to be yeah, you know, yeah. Wait, talking not? about 50 years right. in the business. Hey, some um, people aren't. So some people are not alive to talk about it. So that's good. Well, that's why you were grateful. You know what I'm saying? I that's know what exactly what you're saying. Yeah. I mean, there are some very good friends of ours, and yes. this is, goes back to my, you know, I've, I've been yeah. hearing about, you know, yeah. John Peckman for yeah. a while because of our mutual friends, some of whom are not here. But yep. um, so I, I just, I started to think about what might be around the bend, and, and Healing Brothers had some tapes, some recordings, and started to send stuff out because it was um, a country, it, it was a bluegrass rock band, so it had a country flavor to it. Um, found its way to a, Ad agency in New York, NWA was the name of the agency, okay. and um, a guy named Elliot Lawrence, who was the musical director at NWA, and he really liked the sound of the band, um, and and he, um, for NWA, was um, doing a uh, 
a jingle campaign for AT&T with a song that you might remember because it was arguably the biggest jingle on the planet. Reach out, reach out and touch yeah, someone. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, so that was Elliot's gig. And oh, wow. the jingle had gotten so big that they were doing different versions of it, franchising in the different markets and gotcha. stuff like that. Gotcha. So they wanted to do a country one. Why not? And they wanted to do one for, uh, for Crystal Gale. They wanted, oh, that was sure. The, that was the sure. job. And so Elliot called me and said, you want to submit for this? And, you know, Why that's not? all it was. It's just. Yeah, they had a, probably a new wave one. Exactly. Yeah, a new wave one. They had a funk one. Rock. Yeah. So this was the country one. And it was a submission. They, he, he undoubtedly had a, you know, a couple of dozen yeah, other yeah. submissions. But he called me. And I was, you know, super jazzed to just to get the call. So, of, of course, I took a shot. And, yeah. and I won. Hey. So I got, the, I got that job. And. Um, and that was a that was a milestone moment. Yeah, too. yeah. Because now I you're like there's another thing, there's something it's, it's else th- other than. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Exactly. There's something else, and and not for nothing, but well, I mean, a couple of cool things. For one thing, he flew me down to Nashville for the recording session with Crystal Gill. I met Crystal. You know, oh, I cool. gave her a couple of songs. Yeah, I was yeah, sure, sure she would record. Of course, she didn't do. But wow. uh, but you know, down in Nashville at Columbia yeah, Studios yeah, yeah. for the session. You know, That's amazing jazz. I mean, um, you know, country cats and, um, and you know, I got a ten thousand dollar check in the mail. <clears throat> so awesome. I'm like, hmm, fifty dollars a night at Toad's place, right? A ten thousand dollar check in the mail, yeah. Fifty dollars a night. Yeah. So you know, light bulb kind of goes in my head, and I'm like, okay, this this is showing me a way to into something. A way else to the too. mailbox. I'd like <laughs> to find a way to the mailbox. The mailbox. Send something in the mailbox when you get there. Sure. <clears throat> So, um, <clears throat> excuse me. So that started um, an, another track that also does continue. I mean, so the performing yeah, track yeah. still continues, like sure, because we just did a yeah, gig still. three months ago yeah, yeah. together. Yeah, always. And I hope, God willing, that never changes. But this track started to yeah. From the from that gig with Elliot, he became a sort of a fan and, and a mentor, honestly, because he gave me a lot of work and was really supportive of a hey. lot of my stuff. But one of the other things, he was a smart as well as super talented guy, and he was the musical director of a bunch of different TV shows and soap operas. And uh, so the soap operas needed music, and he called me to write music for their for some of the soaps. Wow. So there I was. Oh, the other thing was when my $10,000 check, I bought my first home recording studio. Why not? So now I've got my gig yeah. at home. Yeah, you're like, I'm gonna, yeah, I'm going to get started doing this. What was the gear then? What did you have? A, I, well, I bought a 20-input Ramsa console. <laughs> sure. Sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but more importantly... Which is now in, on your phone <laughs> or whatever, but yeah, back then, yeah. More importantly, I bought three Neumann microphones, and I, I, I was literally using them today. I mean... Yeah, right, right, sure. Yeah. I bought a U47 yeah. and a two KM84s, and I 47s, my vocal mic, yep, KM84s. Stereo, yep. Stereo off, on the, on the acoustic. So, and then, and then they're still there. So tape machine, tape machine was a Fostex, eight uh, eighty eight track Fostex before I got it. Before I got like eighty dash eight, like uh, one inch TAC, one inch Tascam. Yeah, it, it was the Fostex was a half inch. Oh, okay. The eighty dash eight was a one inch, huh? Eight track. Yeah, that that came a few years after the Fostex. Yep. <clears throat> But you know, yeah, 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 you know, ready to go, cranking up. So I'm writing cues, song background instrumentals for Elliot for this. And they're shows. using these in like you're not just demoing; be, they're using your your audio in the shows. 
Yes, kind sir. Wow. And then a check arrives in the mail. Cool. In between that, I joined BMI, sure. right? ASCAP, sure. BMI, sure. CSAC. Sure. I joined BMI, so I'm able to collect yep. the PRO, public performance sure. rights that organizations yeah. money. And, um, and so, yes, I'm able to not just write or demo, but actually place the music on right. his shows. Right. And he had enough work for you, like banging them out. I was banging them out. I mean, you know, we need a fifteen-second after the the soap opera. Oh no, the he died. The bridge was washed away, and then there's and then there's a pensive. Yeah, that's wow. right. It, the, actually, I'm making fun of the organ because the organ now is actually in history and uh, music. Right. No, music it was has transitioned to, get, to this very thing, you and, were right and there. cats were actually doing exactly what Elliot hired me to do, which is write, be writing stuff on our so own. So that's what you mix. mean. He saw it. He said, "We need to have." get out of this the cheesy organ thing and get into oh wow correct so, so you're right there at the right moment yep That's lucky cool. to be did he have other people he was mentoring but and you were so why you you must have had some slice you must have had something that he could use you know what i mean like he just said you're this guy and then maybe this other guy was something else but you had he had you were spoke in that wheel somehow. Yeah, good good point. And I think that would be basically a guitar centric, acoustic guitar centric kind of sound. Yeah, yeah. And the guitar f feeds my sound still. Yeah, and yeah. it did. And it, yeah, but so the, plenty of other guys were more synth oriented. And That's cool. Whatever beats yeah. and what have you. So you're that guy. I was sort of that guy. Wow. Sort of still am in terms of my my own sound. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that's a, that's a great point. He he heard me that way. He heard me that way for for the reach out thing. You know. Right country-ish flavor yeah and you were up for the challenge you were you so i was you, up for the challenge i was i was up for the work and i was up for the money had you written because you were saying that healing brothers are mostly a cover band how much exp is this easier to write than i'm going to write a song with three verses and a bridge and lyrics like these are like compositions mini compositions right they are and they're instrumentals for the most part and you were ready for it I, I had to basically kind of, you know, woodshed and figure it out and listen to stuff. And yeah. at the end of the day, it isn't that complicated. It's still 12, you know, still 12 tones in Western musical scale. And they apply to the background instrumentals as, as much as the hit songs. Sure. You sure. know? Yeah. yeah so, yeah, yeah I kind of figured it out, listened to what was trending, what were people using and, and, and figured it out. And yeah. uh, I mean. And just emotional. So they tell you this is what they just found out that he's sleeping with the secretary. And right. then we fade to black. Right. That wouldn't you be a go, pensive cue. That, right. You go, that, this is what that sounds like. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, to the point a little bit more, <clears throat> wasn't always two spec, two job. Here's a scene, score it. It was it's provide us with music that we can use to score the show ourselves in in the trenches of the shows. Working off of library of, of music that the show. So this is aggregate. where the library is born. You, so this you also stack them up. So this will actually also lead okay. to the next chapter too. Okay. Okay. It's starting to make sense now. Yeah. So you're not necessarily writing to cue once you get it together. So do you just wake up and go, I feel. Yeah. So I'm going to write horny. 12. You're right. I'm <laughs> going to write 12 horny tracks today. I'm going to write 12 cheating tracks. I'm going to write and just stack them up. Now, or, do they know or romantic or pensive or moody or excited or apathetic. All how the, do you write apathetic? Well, how apathetic. Do you write that? I mean, it's probably a little tension, a little, little sad. Yeah, you know, but yeah, all the the moods totally inform all that stuff. Do you tell? All right, so is this a trade secret? 
No. Does your does he your mentor does he think you're still writing this to does he know you're stacking them and then you're just like oh yeah I got it yeah here's one and then he thinks this guy's a genius I just named the scenario and he's the elevator stalled and oh I got one I got one like is that how is that how it works or is that how you did it like you stack them up no that that's how it works I mean everybody was basically. You know, just creating our, our own library of stuff to basically hopefully place in the libraries of these shows. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Oh. And doing it from our own rigs. That's what's in, in the transitional period, too. Yeah. Before that, Elliot, Elliot because I, I mentioned he's a big band leader, he's an amazing orchestrator. That was it's really his music gig. Yeah. He would he would put orchestras together to do some of this stuff in legit studios in yeah, the right, right. late 60s or late 70s before it. In seventies, before it rolled over into the home gear guys. That's what I was thinking. Right, yeah. right. So you're you're there when that's starting to happen. Wow. Yeah. So you're like the wrecking crew of for those people for the big contractors that were booking an orchestra. I, I, you know, it was the first time anyone's compared to the wrecking crew, but I really appreciate that. Well, because yeah, well, <laughs> they're they're uh, role models, and, and you know, I continue sure. to be amazed at the, the num number of records those guys played on. Insane. Gals, Carol, and, and Hal, and yeah, and Glenn, and all, all. those people. I almost <clears throat> did a gig with um, with uh, oh no, uh, oh no, I just blew it. Um, Ended up playing the gig with, with Christine. Um, uh, Don Randy. Don Randy, keyboard player, piano player. Okay. Almost got the gig. He was coming east to do some dates. Okay. And Vic threw him my name. Okay. And we talked, and I wasn't jazz enough, which is fine. That wasn't. Okay. We had somebody else to do the gig. But I almost did the gig. That would have been wild. Yeah. But, and you know, Christine was totally cool, because she, Christine Ullman ended up doing it. And she was like, you would... No offense. She's like, no offense. You would have been, it was a little bit out of your, you know, you weren't, you could have done it, but you weren't the right guy for the gig. It's kind of good that you didn't do it. I'm like, that's fine. That's good. Thanks. Because I'm not like a jazz cat. Mm -hmm. and it was a much more jazz oriented gig than I thought. Right. Okay. So, so but at first I was like, oh man, this is going to be great. And then they passed me over. And then that was kind of why, you know, I think I talked to him and he got the vibe that I wasn't like the jazz guy. And she was like, it was a pretty heavy jazz gig. I'm like, fine. That's fine. Anyway, Wrecking Crew. Wrecking Crew. Almost. Uh, almost. That was part of it. You can get close. It's yeah. That's okay. good. I've wrecked a lot of other things, though. That, was, that would have been the least. Your own personal it. Wrecking Crew. Yeah. <coughs> well, that's yeah. kind of wild. So you're right there. So I'm right there, and then it rolls into another chapter related to all this, because okay. I'm, I'm, I'm connecting to all these shows um, with their, my original music. And I get to know the music supervisors on the shows. And so actually a job on the show as a music supervisor, Cold Music Soup op opens up like 85 on a show called Guiding Light. Okay. So I take that job two days a week. I said, Elliot Arvin, said, I said, wow, that sounds amazing. I just, are you talking full time? Because I didn't want to give up my yeah, yeah, life yeah. as a music yeah, going what does that mean? You know? yeah. He said, no, how's like two days a week? I said, great. So, so the two days a week gig on Guiding Light turned into 25 years on two different soaps for Wow. 10 on Guiding Light and another 15 on uh, All My Children. Wow. Wow. And uh, so, and then what is that job like, which you're going to tell me? Also, it's about working the libraries of music that I just described from the composers and using them to score the shows. So now you're... Hands-on. Yeah. Working the 
music library and then you scoring to picture. And you conveniently find that, as it turns out, that your library is the most appropriate for most of the kids. I'm just kidding. Well, Can you imagine? Um, well, <laughs> well, that's no, how you got the game. No, no. <laughs> right, right. It, it, it's great that there was some my music that I could also use on the shows yeah. and continue to contribute, wow. both scoring, cues, as well as songs, right? And so that so they're just totally trusting your ear to to just well, be like so they give you the list of cues and you're just like boom 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 yeah, um, more or less you know and and then of course there's always a a period after each show is scored where the producers or directors take a look at the show and have notes where they decide you know right they, fixes are needed yeah, you know yeah, and yeah. you can go back and change stuff yeah, up yeah but yeah I mean they trust you to score huh. it in the first place that the, wow. that's the key and is uh, it stressful. Yeah, it, it was Cause, stressful. Because it's got to be, that's just deadline, right? I mean, everything well, is just... Yeah, especially with the soap, because, I mean, the soap is five a, five a week, 52 weeks a year. I mean... That's it. They put shows in the can a month or two in advance to be sure. And it is stressful, but it isn't like, as you know, I did a couple of live things too. Live TV is really stressful, so this was I a little different. Once, yeah. But, um, so, yeah, I mean, it was challenging but in a great way to be working in, you know 300 people working on these shows from, from you know music to hair to makeup to directors to all the actors to to uh, lights to yeah, sound yeah, yeah. To, uh, videotape it's a huge operation and it was incredibly valuable to be working in that kind of a workplace i bet i learned a ton and um so along the way and you've probably seen in my bio i i won 13 Emmy Awards hey. for my work on, on the shows for original songs and sure. and background music and music sure. supervision and, and audio post-mixing, too. Hey, so, so that that is developing, too, your tech, your studio. Totally, yeah. you know, because it's all looping back in, and, yeah, and yeah, it literally sure, connects sure. to this exact sure. moment where my business is now is integrating all this stuff that I've, you know, yeah. thankfully had the opportunity to learn and develop on, on these shows. And, yeah. and in audio, I, I did a, a run of about five years in an audio post facility in New York, too, where I was oh, working wow. with a, the owner of, the, of that place. And Peter Fish was his name, a, a departed friend um, as well. And, uh, but Peter and I won some Emmys together for stuff we wrote. And then I joined his team there as a composer and producer. And we were cranking out stuff that was landing in various places besides the soaps. But working in the audio post facility too yeah I mean yeah. literally working learning looking over the shoulders of some of the best engineers in New York so what so describe taught me, taught me pro tools I got you so <laughs> describe post in that in that context what is that he's doing post for what everything commercial that you can comes through and through yeah and and it's just editing. Video, video and audio editing, recording. He had several recording rooms, small okay. booths, but recordable rooms. We could do a, a live band. And so what was your day-to-day? -day? Um, well, I was uh, part-time there, too, but the day-to-day -day was basically come in um, and, and work on whatever, whatever. The, whatever, whatever the job was. That, And part of my gig was to also bring work in to work on. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I mean, I brought uh, NBA in as a client, and uh, we ended up writing music, Peter and I, for the launch of NBA TV and, on cable in 2007. Wow, you know? imagine that. And so that was a 
perfect example of yeah. a gig. I bring in a client, yeah. we rewrite the music, and then we produce the, the, yeah. all the cues, mix, master, edit up the yin yang because yeah, yeah, you sure, know sure. hundreds yeah, of yeah. different cut downs and mixes and stems. That's how they did it then too. Then it's got to be crazy. I'm supposed now it's probably just like a soundboard. You know what I mean? Like I wonder. Well, I mean, we did a lot of hand. I mean, I'm not sure exactly what you th th you think the difference is now. It was a lot of the same stuff now as it is then. I mean, we is it just working with you know DOS yeah, yeah. stems yeah, and, yeah, and gotcha. uh, creating mixes and and wow. and splits and 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 tags and bumpers yeah, and yeah, blah yeah, blah. Yeah, yeah. You know, all that stuff. Yeah, that's crazy. You know, it's funny. So you learn all of that just by doing along the way because your abilities and intelligence are trusted. Can someone go to school to learn the, it, it, probably not. Like oh, in your business. Hell, yes. Well, that's what I wonder. No, that's fine. I just wonder like. Sure, in, no. Are there people who, because you created your niche, whatever, however you want to think about it. You are the sum of, of all your abilities. You didn't like say I'm gonna go get I'm gonna gain this title. You just got the calls because your work is making you more visible, and people are going, "Oh, I, I bet you he could figure this out." Because I mean, when they hired you to do posts, were you like, "Oh yeah," I, you probably are like, "What does it mean?" I'll find out as I do it. Right? That's crazy. On the job training is what. That's I the best part about our biz. Sometimes. It really is. I mean, there's no you get better paid place to learn. To That's what I always think. I go the best is when you're getting paid to learn something. There's nothing better than that. To your question, though, there are schools, and I'm a very recent upcoming chapter of mine connect is connected to it. But you know, I mean, Berkeley and Full Sail, and you know, and Western Connecticut, which sure. I'm going to talk about in a second. They have amazing music and audio production. Right, because they've managed to turn you into a curriculum, kind of, and just say, we can create a degree, we can create a whatever, a and curriculum. we can bring in hundreds of kids who are interested in the degree, I yeah. mean, and, that's, and mm -hmm. that's it. So there's, a, there's another way to school. learn. You should open a university. Well, I'm going to work at Westcon as a. I've been hired as an adjunct professor there, and I'm yeah. really psyched about it. Uh, coming up in a week and a half to start. Um, we're halfway through. I just want to keep it. If if things you want to get, are we good? Oh yeah, we're totally good. I yeah. just want to make sure you get, you don't run out. I'm not, I'm I'm right on. Okay. You know, on my story, and I'm. I'm so I'm you're doing post. You're doing post now. Then we're up to there. <clears throat> right. So in post. <clears throat> I'm learning a lot about libraries. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You used the word. And, and because not only are the original music uh, cues included in libraries and shows, <clears throat> but also production music libraries are included too, which are standalone third-party collections of music that can, can be licensed track by track okay. to score the shows when the... Original music doesn't, for whatever reason, cut it or isn't right. Isn't there is isn't the right cue isn't so there? It's almost like the Plan B, almost kind of in a way. For some shows, it and currently it's the, it's become the Plan A because production. well, that's what I was gonna think next is then it just becomes because I hear that stuff all the time. Sure, you do. Same cues over and over, right? 
and, and in fact, I mean, the reality is we probably carpet or the horse to get here, but it's almost like the production music libraries have replaced the original music cues because the individual composers and their libraries are a heavier lift for shows, some shows, than actually just licensing a library that might have, I mean, there are a couple other, I have, a, I have my own music library, which we can talk about in a minute, but there are some, you know, and I have a thousand cues songs in my library, but there are libraries like APM, Associated Production Music, a million cues. Yeah, right, right. So, you know, if you make a deal with APM, you can be pretty sure you're going to be able to find stuff you like. Good Maybe. Lord. <laughs> right. So but, just like anything, the, the, big, the big ones gobble up the smaller ones. Yeah, and it, eventually, and it also yeah okay that's a way to look at it. But also, but you gobbled up the the big. I mean, I'm just saying it, it. We were saying like you were the wrecking crew, you know. Like there were people. It was a bigger budget then, and you were a small. You were, uh, what's the word? Not a step down, but you were more budget. And then it just it seems like everything just keeps getting more, kinda right. Yeah, I mean. I was thinking of the word indie. I mean, okay, yeah. you know, the indie composers yeah. right. were doing what I was doing when I was started, and we were doing providing a lot of that stuff. But as time went by, it became e almost easier for the ABCs and the CBSs and all the channels and now cables and now moving into streamers yeah, and blah blah Because there's so much content. The easiest thing for them to do is not to be lining up a a dozen different original music composers, they although just, it still happens, sure. but to sign a half a dozen production music libraries and get all the music they need for the most part, except sometimes, not some, but a lot of times, there is a composer hired to actually write some score yeah. for a, a lot of shows have so composers. So what do you do? But a lot of the ancillary music is a lot of is production music. Yeah. And do you feel that you were, you were in the heyday? You were in... So you kind of were, it sounds like you got in right when that started. So you were kind of in the prime of the indie or, or the independent composer, right? In a transition to the production music right. world, yeah. You, you were right in that. I was, and I, you know, so in the process of the transition, which happened through the audio post place called Tonic, again, with, with Fish, and, you know, we were, we were transitioning ourselves from um, our own, composed cues, scoring and stuff, to we created a, a small little library called the Tonic Song Library, right. which was production music. Sure. It was another one of the reasons so I came on So you saw it. You were like, this is where it's going to go. Because I was in the trenches seeing it happening right. and also using it. ABC you know, right. itself sure. had a 25 production music libraries, walls of CDs. Sure. You know, sure. They're all there. Sure. So if the cues off the... You know, the library from the for the show's library didn't cut it. Gundel stuff didn't cut it that day, or right. the other 12 guys. Okay, what does APM got for us? Yeah, what does yeah. First Com have for us? What does yeah. Megatrack? But who's making those guys like us who are assigned to them? But but they're they own that music, not the composer anymore. Oh, so you're giving up the publishing, gotcha. Because that's what I was because what where I was headed with that, I was like. Well, why not just sell your library to them? And I'm like, they probably already got it, right? <laughs> Somehow. Well, it's it's common that the smaller libraries do get gobbled up by the big boys too, who are looking for content too. And well, you you realize if someone sees a writing on the wall and they go, "Well, I'm going to get out a bit." I mean, that's what's happening now. You get Neil Young; everybody signs away because they just go, "You know what? How many what? How many more bites do I have?" 
Just take everything one last time, and I'll just ride into the sunset. Yeah, it's that's interesting. Not where, that's mean, not where you're at, is it? I mean, no. you're still in it. You're yeah, still, still swinging. You're yeah, gonna go I'm also swinging. not Neil Young. I mean, well, who, who could basically decide, unlike D- Dylan or Springsteen or Paul Simon, to not sell his catalog for a half a billion dollars? <laughs> God and bless it ain't going to be worth that. You give it another five years. You know what I mean? Like that, They probably realize, like, dude, this is your last. <laughs> this is to set up your grandchildren's grandchildren. You do this now. It's funny this comes who up. Who knows in another handful of years what even that's going to be worth? I don't want to be pessimistic, but who knows? You know. I just saw a little it. YouTube of of Neil basically saying he's not going there. He, he's happy as a clam, still just making his music, working, Amen. going out, gigging when he wants. He's got a t- tidy little sum of publishing revenue coming to himself. He doesn't need the half. A, he does, I don't care about the half a billion dollars. I just want to ride into the, off into the sunset. Doing what I love to do. And God bless him for it. Yeah. Well, I guess everybody's different. You know, some people are probably like, I got to right the wrong, or I got to make everything right, or I got to set everybody up one last time, or whatever. Set yourself up. Who knows what he did? That's crazy. Yeah. Wow. So, I mean, the way it sort of rolls into the present is that, you know, I've I've got now my own library. It's called Future Hits. It's, like I said, it's really what we call boutique. It's got yep. a thousand songs, but really talented songwriter composers. Yeah. And, I've, and I've basically put together a, a library that I license my, directly myself to you know major media media clientele, and um, and I have some of my music in it, <clears throat> and um, it's part of what I do in in my. Uh, you know, my dungeon downstairs, you yep. know, as I, I put my library together and I, yep. and I license it to film and TV and advertising, future hits. And it's still still doing it enough? It is. It's, it's become its own challenge because, again, let's connect all these dots, John, right? Now, production music has become the thing and synchronization licensing has become the thing because... Download because sales and downloads and all right. that part is caved. Right. Spotify has come in. Right. People are making point zero zero yeah, zero yeah, zero yeah, one yeah, on the yeah, stream. Yeah. But sync still lives. Oh, okay. <clears throat> Consequently, everybody's going to sync. Consequently, all the people and who are already gets, in sync have competition. Slotted. Right. So that's what we're dealing with now, and it, and it's hard. Yeah, right. But I've got some, uh, you know, I've got the NBA as a client, as myself, as a, I, I have music licensing to them, and um, and uh, Warner Brothers, yeah. and, uh, Discovery. There's probably more clients than ever, though, too, in a way. Well, that's the upside of the amount of stuff, right, is the, the fact that there is a tremendous amount of opportunity, right? Right. So there are a gazillion shows, and they all need music somehow right. or other. But then again, their budgets are probably not... Right. So you and, just go around in a and as a result of that, when they're negotiating for their next sync fee, they have ten different little People libraries and small trying composers. to undercut each other. Everybody's. Trying. I'll give this to you for free just to be able to say I got on a Netflix show. Mm. And and future hits, we was looking to make you know, two thousand dollars on a, on a sync fee gets undercut by the right. you know, the guy across the kid across the street who just graduated from Berkeley. Sure. On a curriculum Looking that, for you, their that first you help create. With your, yeah. <laughs> so it goes, man. But, you know. Well. Uh, I'm hey, you're, you're still here. I'm st- you know what I mean? I'm blessed. I, I mean, just took the words out of my mouth. I mean, I'm just blessed to still be here and doing my thing. Yeah. Well, and I, you know, I remind my, try to remind myself of that every day in the midst of the 
No one said it. No one said it would be easy. You know what I mean, though. They didn't. You know, even even at the Mermaid Cafe, right? When I was playing Joni Mitchell's song, not realizing it, and found my calling. Yeah. Even then, no one said, you know, it's going to be easy, dude. No. It's going to be this much fun all the time. Well, (laughs) I mean, you know, hey, well, you're you're a philosophy major, so I don't know, but yeah, there's fun. It's just not there at the end of something. It's any moment. That's the way I look at it. I just go, well, I'm on vacation right now. I might not be in an hour. In an hour, I'm going to feel like I'm under the gun, but like, okay. Rather than someday, someday, someday. I think. I think. I agree. I try. I do too. And it's about the moments. It's about living in the moments as much as possible and not about the stress of what's, you know, may or may not be around the bend or didn't happen yesterday that you thought was, you know, the licensing, the license agreement came across my desk and, and then the day after it got pulled, you know, and it's like, jeez, oh, you know, now future hits and the writer just lost a few thousand dollars because they changed something in post. Right. And then it just <laughs> va- evaporated. Are you optimistic, pessimistic, just, in it you're just in it you're you're in it you're just in it i, I are you going to get it. out you're going to get out in no, one piece no i i don't think so i mean i used i used to joke and it's not a joke anymore but i used to say that i'm going to retire when they throw the first shovel of grave on my casket sure but now i don't joke about that because i because it ain't funny because the caskets <sighs> are out there yeah and we know some people, and yep. so um, I don't joke about it. But I'm hopeful that I can continue to do this as long as I want to do it, because there's nothing better in yeah. in a in the working world than to be doing something you love as much as we love yeah. music. Yeah. I mean, look you in this moment now doing such a cool thing for yourself. Why not? It's a beautiful thing. Yeah. And and I can tell you love it. Yeah, well, yeah. Because you show up a hundred, uh, over a hundred times. Up yeah. How many? How many is it? Well, it's because Dave. Dave, it's whatever. It's a whole other story. The well, thing it's a good story, though. I mean, yeah. Well, right? you know what? And it's part of this, what we're talking about. Well, story. Dave, he's not in the room, so I can talk about him. But he, Dave, is a sweetheart. He asked me to. It was his idea, and I just was like, sure. You know what I mean? Like because I would do anything that he asked me to do. So he was like, "You're going to do a podcast." I said, "Okay." What's a podcast? I didn't even know what it was. You know what I mean? So it takes the pressure off me because I'm not like trying to do something. I'm doing it because he asked me to. And then here we are a hundred something later. And I'm like, yeah, this is cool. On the job training. On the job training. That's exactly. Didn't know what it was, but I found it. I found out as I did it. And you got, we got to be open to that kind yeah, of yeah. the stuff. That well, just, well, that's sometimes the best part just, when it works. Well, but we got to be open to the, giving it a try. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I just flashed on a, an early producer on Guiding Light, the first one, pulled me aside a few months into it, you know, and I asked, asked her about something that I had recently done. And she said, oh, I'm not really sure. I'm not sure if you quite have the knack for this yet. <laughs> and, and, and that, like, totally kicked me in the, in the ass. And I, I realized, you know, I have to figure this out better, right? Well, so, so it's the, you know, the on-the-job thing, but also learning on the job how to do better by... Listening to your producer, like looking over the shoulder of the engineer in the audio post r- rooms and drinking up everything. Well, you would can. you 
like you say, in our in our biz, would you rather be doing that or would you rather be sleepwalking through your job that you hate, counting the days? So, Precisely. I'll take I'll take the uh, whatever this is. Yes, kinda, <laughs> right? I mean, you know, like, yeah, you know, in a way. Which we well, actually, you know, I go, I'll take this. We did. You could have said, well, actually. You ever think about this? That your philosophy career, how crazy that, how worse that would that would have been even crazier. So you didn't even have a play it safe. I but really didn't. You know what my play it safe was? What the mantra that I had to myself that if I couldn't make a respectable living, sure, doing what I wanted to do, yeah, that I would go to Plan B. I wasn't sure what it would be, but my my yeah. line from my, to myself was I'll either make this work. Or learn to or behave. Do, uh, but, and don't call mom and dad for the rent. Yeah. Because if you have to do that, right. then you have to do something else. I agree. And, yeah, that was my thing too. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah, you just, I never asked anybody for anything. Um, are you, were your parents proud of you? Are they proud of you? Were they proud of you? Great question. Well, I just. Long, long answer yeah. that goes, that will end up in my memoir, you know. But the short answer is, Yeah. They were. It took them a while to get there, and it certainly didn't hurt. You know that, that when the Emmy Awards started to happen, right? They weren't That's so sure about you know the, the left turn off the philosophy degree Yale to play in the bluegrass rock band at Toad's Place. But the bluegrass rock band to the Emmys that they must have recognized that. And they said, did. That's my son. They did. And in and in fairness and love for them, they also they also came to Healing Brothers gigs. It wasn't right, right, like right. they dissed their kid because he didn't do what. They really kind of in their heart of hearts were thinking that they would when they shelled out yeah, what they yeah. did for they, my Ivy League education. What but, would you have done? And now that now my mom is just the only one left, and my and dad's gone. But she's she loves you know wow. she's in a home you know we're sitting around and having lunch, and she'll suddenly walk by. This is my son. He's got Emmy Award. Yeah, you know? sure, of course. <laughs> you know, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. What would you have done with your philosophy degree? I don't know. ever think about that. I don't think about it that much. I mean. I don't, because that was probably chancier than what you ended up doing. Like when you think, what philosopher to make a living? I mean, you got to teach, really. Freelance, don't you? freelance philosopher. Huh. Well, yeah, I we know. got ten minutes. Well, so I mean, last thing I want to say is just as I did reference that uh, I'm about to start a gig at uh, at Westcon in, in the music department there as an adjunct professor of songwriting, which I'm super psyched about. Hey, you know, so you write long form too along the way um you, you mean you like songwriting song, yeah, yeah, oh yeah, yeah. i'm, I'm, you know I'm, I mean? I'm most first and foremost i think of myself as a songwriter right right because most yeah. of this we're talking about cues we have been stuff, that's yeah. true yeah no i mean the songs are you know th three of the emmys are for original song I oh mean, okay yeah i mean they weren't just yeah so that's so, always there yeah it's always there and it's it's the hugest part of what i do and future hits is about the songs it's gotcha it's a song library. Yeah. Uh, our slogan is the greatest greatest songs you've never heard. It's right, like, right. So I'm really, I'm mo more about the song than anything else. I mean, Jackson Brown. Yeah, yeah, sure. One <laughs> after know, the he's other. An, he's a, he's a, an the idol other. for yeah. me, you know. James Taylor, uh, the Beatles when I, you know, started. Yeah, all that. Loving all this. Yeah. I mean, it's all about the songs. And so I'm to be teaching it to some serious students that's cool. I'm excited. I'm a little daunted. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm kind of, you know, it's another one of those. Well, I guess I, you know, I'll figure this out as I, as I go. And you, pro you probably imagined before you said someone that wins a pile of Emmys probably just sits around, 
You know what I mean? Like they're not hustling. They're not in it. And you realize that was just a blip. <laughs> along. It just, the Emmys came, zip, came flying by as you were on the way to something else. Well, you never, you know, you, what they've done is they've enabled me to keep working in some, to some degree. You right, know? right. To some degree. Yeah, well, that's cool. <laughs> I mean, that's what it's for, right? I mean, I guess in a way it's a recognition. It, it, it makes you legit. It legitimizes you, whatever. Yeah. So, and that helps you get, you know, more work. So, wow. and then just to cap it, I mean, right now I run my own business called the One Stop Music Shop, which is recording, three things, recording, instruction, and licensing, and they're all sort of interconnected. So, yep. I I might teach someone in some way and then get them into the studio to record, and then possibly the recording could end up getting licensed to future hits or any reverse. Like a future hits person could come to me to co-write a song together and we yeah. might license it or et wow. cetera. But uh, that's that's my thing and Kinda every wild. once in a while I still have the opportunity to play with talented cats like you and hey. play, make some music and yeah. and stuff if you say so yeah, yeah. that was that was a cra- that was a crazy gig it was and it's it's a it's a cool, it's a cool band cra- crazy cool band yeah. and uh, a lot of a lot of talented cats yeah, and for sure and all and uh yeah yeah um we have uh like Seven minutes. Do you want to play a song? I could play a song. Do you want to? Or I'm you, happy to. Or do you want to answer wacky <coughs> questions? Let uh, me tell you what the questions are. What are the wacky questions? And you tell me whether you would rather answer the questions or play a song out. Is it an either or? Could we do some questions and then a song what, out? Do it quick. All right, I'll ask you questions. You ready? Desert Island albums. Give me a few. Desert that, Island that defi- albums? That define, yes. Oh, this is your bailiwick, man. Yeah, you, yeah. you, oh, you, I don't, I can't compete with you on this. No, it's not a competition. I just <laughs> I, mean, like, I can't even, I mean, Desert Island albums. I, I like don't. what albums you take most pleasure in listening to. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought you meant albums that were recorded on Desert Island. No. Oh, oh. Uh, <laughs> were there oh, albums recorded God, on Desert Island? I'm know. not, is that, is that a <laughs> genre I'm not familiar with? Because, <laughs> well, yeah, dude, I mean, because. Yeah, <laughs> I challenge you. Where what, what album was recorded? No, I meant no. Express- well, uh, the reason okay. I thought of it because I read your you know your post and you like all this oh, amazing no, no, uh, yeah these uh, playlists. I I thought you were going down the playlist. No, you're going some down of your favorite albums. favorite albums some of, of favorite all time. Yeah. Okay, I'm ready. Rubber Soul. Yeah. Sweet Baby James. Sure. Blue. Sure. Tommy. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Sounds good to Harvest. me. Harvest. Oh sure. Uh, I mean, after the gold rush. Yeah. Yeah. Um, why am I Sounds drawing good blanks? To me. Which one? I'm, I, why am I drawing blanks? Um, I mean, that's that's that a good top five. Yeah. Sure. I mean, I think that's that's pretty good. That gives us an idea. Yeah. I mean, singer songwriter. Yeah. Acoustic guitar player yeah. stuff, and if the Beatles, on Robert Soul. Yeah. That's, right. That's what's that's the origin. Yeah. Sure. Sure. You know. Yep. On Robert Definitely. Soul, right? It's, oh boy, here it's we like, go. Well, hey, wait, wait, Desert Island food. Desert, Desert Island food. Yeah, yeah, food, food. Real quick. Um, Just say uh, pizza. Marinated flank steak. Oh, okay, okay. All right. Hey. This is like ground zero for me. I once had a girl, or should I say? She once had me She showed me her room Isn't it good? Nor did you She asked me to stay And she told me to sit anywhere 
So I looked around and I noticed there wasn't a chair And when I woke, I was alone This bird had flown So I lit a fire, isn't it good? Norwegian Ground zero, ground yep. zero. You know that's that's when I pick this up and sure. and start to play it. For, Got that for right. Real. Do you know about my dulcimer career? Well, I think I might have heard something. Yeah, we were in lockdown. Dulcimer. We were in lockdown, and I I was fooling around with one. I can play Norwegian wood on the dulcimer. You got to use a capo, if you can imagine that. Like it's a weird tuning. But it's hard to get a capo around a dulcimer neck. It's a isn't special it? capo. Okay, it it's has, like this weird. Okay, but yeah, but that's right. one of my numbers. If I would have known, I would have brought my next time. Next time, yeah, we'll have to do some jamming on. Uh, to figure yeah. out what key it's in. <coughs> play it in D open. Anyway, but yeah, yeah, that's killer. Killer. So I mean, I could play, I could play you uh, an Emmy. Yeah, oh, do another. An Emmy award-winning song. Why don't you? So, and I, I didn't tell this story, but the first time I was nominated for an Emmy award, I was nominated for two. Hey. And, um, and I won both that night. It hey. Was, it was a. Uh, Unforgettable night and another, you know, kind of yeah. career milestone. <clears throat> so this was the song that won. It's called Love Like This. This house is so full of memories and dreams I've lost and found. Everything rushes back to me. As I take one last look around I see the smile of a woman I love and lost Blew the words Forgot my own words yeah. In and on me Like a light that guides my way Get it, guiding light? Oh. And home gives me the feeling that I'm never far from home Even when the road is dark And I'll be out there on my own So as I pack my bags to leave I close my eyes and make believe I'm gonna find love like this Again. Now looking back, I can see mistakes I made at love. No matter how you try sometimes, get to a place you can't rise above. I see the smile of a woman I've loved and lost It's impossible to measure the gains, the cost Bitter and sweet is the way I taste these tears And home gives me the feeling That I'm never far from home 
Even when the road is dark and I'll be out there on my own. So as I pack my bags to leave, I close my eyes and start to believe I'm gonna find love like this again The wind will blow my way and then I'll be back I just don't know when That's when I'll find love like this again back home that's when i know i'll find love like this again i'm gonna find love like this again Excellent work. Excellent work. Thank you, John. Did you, were you attempted at all to slip in the words, all my children, at home, surrounded by all my children, in that, just, just as a... Not for a song from Guiding that's Light. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> yep. They wouldn't that's have appreciated a to, that. That's a way to lose an Emmy. Yeah, like, right. Oh, that should be your, you, well, I was going to say before, I was going to say that should be your meme. You're like, I don't always win Emmys, but when I do, I win two. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, yeah. the, actually, the, the slight add on to that is the second the year after that I got nominated for two again and I won two again whoa and then and then it was all sort of downhill well it could only <laughs> never be won it could two only again be yeah, in yeah. well yeah. I, yeah, yeah. yeah no I mean I was super lucky even hey, to, to get not, those nominations yeah not, like not anybody can nobody not a lot of people can say that that's for sure um we're gonna go there how about that? All right. Are we gone? We are, well, no, not, we, we're going to be. We're going to be. <laughs> this is I, so much fun. Yeah, no, it is fun. We'll come back. You know, we'll, we'll, you know. I'll come back and once I'll, we I'll go play around. my other Emmy winning song. That's what I'm saying. That's that. They're each double double dip. Each of them is a is a double a double a double winner. And a, and some other Beatles song that I. Well, I'll, we'll work it up. A, we'll confer. Uh, maybe I'll, maybe I'll play. I'll play the dulcimer. We'll do Norwegian Wood. We'll figure it out. Let's plan on that. That would be killer. All right, AJ Gundel. Right? Well said. Close enough? Perfect. Thank oh. you so much. Well done, man. A. Thank you. You're a pleasure to talk to. A. Easy. Easy to talk to. But not everybody thinks so. But well, okay. not. I, I've <laughs> done a few interviews, and, and this was super easy a. and super fun. You heard it here first. So thank it's, you, man. You know what I'm saying? Hey, you know, it's a gift. What can I tell you? you know? It is. I'm not going to hide my light under a bushel. Don't right? hide your love away. That's right. That's right. John Packman Podcast, Connecticut Valley School of Music and Dance, beautiful downtown Portland, Connecticut. Go over the bridge, go through one set of lights, start looking left, full of Yui. Park in front of the music store with the red neon light. Have your own podcast. Dave will tell you how. Tell your friends. Come here. Be on the show with me. AJ Gundell, thank you very much for being here. We appreciate it. And thank you, my friend. You Again. got it. You got it. See you later, kids. That is all. <laughs>